0: And that one more off the top uh, is this. One of the most recognizable and prolific action stars, there's not a lot of legitimate action stars, but definitely one of the more prolific actors in the business who's done a lot of action is definitely Liam Neeson. Sometimes some great iconic ones, I have a particular set of skills. Sometimes straight to home video (laughs) actioneers. But for whatever reason, Liam Neeson, I love him. I think he's great. And he certainly does a lot of action. You know, it's funny. I've said before that I'm all for Liam Neeson doing all these action films that he's doing these days. Because I remember I said this last year, uh, one of many Liam Neeson films was coming out and we were talking about it. And I said, I'm pretty good with Liam Neeson doing this because listen, he's in his late 60s. He knows he is a marquee, marketable action movie guy, whether it's for A feature or whether for it's straight to home video, he knows he can make a lot of money doing it. And he knows he only has a certain amount of time left to legitimately pull off action roles, being in his late 60s and everything. So I was all for him. Crank out five action films a year. Why not? Well, it looks like that time is coming to an end because Liam Neeson has just come out and said he's just got a couple of quick films left, and then he says he's probably going to be retiring from action films. He's not retiring from acting. And he is a, a literally, he's an Academy Award level kind of actor. He's a phenomenal performer that he just got really popular when it comes to action stuff. But he's saying he's getting ready to hang it up uh, in his action stuff. Uh, this is what it says over at uh, at Coming Soon, or at Joe Blow, I should say. Good Canadian website, by the way, is Joe Blow. They write the following. Uh, during a chat with Entertainment Tonight, Neeson stated... I'm 68 and a half, 69 years old this year. There's a couple of more I'm doing this year. Hopefully, there's a couple he's doing in one year. Here he goes. I've got a couple more I'm doing this year, hopefully COVID allowing us. There's a couple in the pipeline and then I think that will probably be it unless I'm on Zimmer frame or something. Neeson is currently uh, starring in The Marksman, a film that sees Neeson playing an ex-Marine turned defender of a young Mexican boy as he faces off with drug cartel assassins. Of course, that happens all the time. Uh, Even though the actor is ready retire uh his very particular set of skills he admits that he'll miss the thriller of doing action movies i love i love doing them i love beating up guys half my age but then he says this I, I love i love this last part that he throws in there i thought this was hilarious and so self-aware of him to say uh neeson says he began to feel the toll of these films were taking on him while he was shooting his upcoming film blacklight and the neeson says the following I've just finished Blacklight in Australia, and I had a fight scene with a kid, lovely, sweet actor called Taylor. And halfway through the fight, I looked up. I was breathless, and it didn't cost him a cent. And I said, Taylor, what age are you? He said, 25. I said, that's the age of my eldest son. <laughs> Which I thought, again, I thought it was just completely beautifully self-aware of Liam Neeson. See, here's the thing about Liam Neeson, though, right? He doesn't, he's he's not like a couple of other like late 60s or or older actors, like a Sylvester Stallone or an Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like he doesn't have this incredible genetics-defying bodybuilder physique and all that kind of stuff. But the reason Liam Neeson, to me, works in films like these and works well in films like these is he has simply one of the most intimidating presences in the world. Now, I'm, I'm not quite sure what the statistics are in Liam Neeson. I don't know how tall he is, but listen, I'm about six feet tall. And when I walked into a room to talk to Liam Neeson and he stands up to meet me, he towers over me and he's got kind of like Anthony Hopkins, freakishly big hands. like He's got these huge mitts of hands and that voice. He's got that voice. So there's just something, even though he doesn't have that Stallone or Schwarzenegger physique, there is something Instantly intimidating about the physical presence of Liam Neeson, including that voice again when he talks to you, you're you like, holy crap, you just feel yourself shrinking in his presence. And I think he's been able to roll that very well into an action film career. Listen, when that voice gets on the phone with you and says, I will find you and I will kill you like it's it doesn't matter that he's 65 years old or however old he was at the time that he shot that movie. It doesn't matter. You're crapping bricks. At that point. And if this is indeed it, if Liam Neeson is hanging him up, I say, sir, good on you. You recognized a niche that you fit into great with like these little action films. You were able to make a killing doing them. And you still have another phase of your career to come where you can focus more on the dramatic stuff like you did uh, in uh, the younger days of uh, your career. So if this is going to be wrapping it up for his action career. Happy trails, Liam Neeson's acting career. I thought you were great at it. Anyway, guys, what do you think about this? Do you think he's actually going to hang it up? What's your favorite action film that Liam Neeson has done? Don't forget about Darkman. You guys remember the original Darkman? I love the original Darkman. Anyway, jump down into the comment section below and let me know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that out of the way, let's move into our main topic, shall we? And how do we select our main topics here on the John Campion show? Well, it's really rather simple. You see, you guys come up with them. Whenever you come across a big topic or story that you think we should have as a main issue here on the John Campion show, simply head over anytime 24/7 to www.thejohncampionshow.com/contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's totally free. Hit submit, and then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured here as a main topic on the John Campia show. With that down, let's get into main topic number one, shall we? And our first main topic today gets submitted to us by Val. And Val writes Good day, John. Godzilla vs. Kong has moved its release date again, this time up a few months from May to March. Yes, it has this comes amidst news about an apparent deal between Warner brothers and legendary to allow the film to come out both in theaters and on HBO max. Obviously this has something, this was something WB should have done before announcing the move last year, but better late than never, I guess. Nevertheless, I'm still excited and hopeful for the film and the MonsterVerse, despite the corporate shenanigans behind the scenes. What are your thoughts? All right. Thanks a lot for sending that in Val. And uh yes, It is true. We now have Godzilla versus Kong has actually moved up in an era where we have been getting so used to movies getting pushed back. And Jonas Tiger in the live chat, I love Rob Roy, too. I thought that was great. But anyway, uh, we are getting so used to seeing movies getting pushed back, we're actually seeing a movie getting pushed up, which is kind of different. This comes to us from the folks over at Deadline who writes... Warner Brothers, uh, in the wake of making good with Legendary on the simultaneous release of Godzilla vs. Kong in theaters and HBO Max, will be releasing the movie on March 26th instead of May 21st. So that's basically a two-month move, which is pretty great. Uh, It was reported last Friday that Warner Brothers and Financer Legendary, which owns a majority of the movie, avoided a legal entanglement over the former's decision to take its entire 2021 slate and throw it day and date on its frosh streaming service hbo max Uh, warner has blocked a 200 million dollar bid by netflix to acquire the monster mash movie all right so this takes us into kind of the heart of it and by the way special thanks to chris west who sends in a super chat badge in the live chat there appreciate that man Uh, this gets us kind of into the heart of it so if you guys remember netflix i believe was the one that actually put up an offer to Legendary and HBO for $200 million to acquire the rights. Now, there was no way Warner Brothers was going to go for that. They're not going to let one of their prime jewel movies get moved over to some other streaming network. They weren't going to allow that. But if you're Legendary Pictures and you're the one who put up the vast majority of the money, like 75% of the money that it took to make this movie... You're looking at Netflix, you're looking at HBO and saying, okay, that's cool, yeah, yeah, we're going to make more money in theaters. No problem. Good idea, Warner Brothers, says Legendary, because we want to make our money in theaters. Yeah, turning down that $200 million from Netflix. And then, without consulting Legendary at all, without having one single conversation with the company that actually paid to make this movie, Warner Brothers came out of nowhere and shocked everybody by making a public announcement that they were going to release Godzilla vs. Kong and all their 2021 films onto HBO Max. This obviously left the good folks over at Legendary very pissed off and legal action was ensuing. Now, we talked a couple of weeks ago about the fact that we had heard that Warner Brothers and Legendary had decided to get together and they were going to negotiate a settlement. They were going to figure this out before it got to court. And the reports that we heard come out, and you guys remember these, the reports that we heard come out was that basically Legendary would allow Warner Brothers to release Godzilla vs Kong on HBO Max and in theaters at the same time in exchange for $250 million. Now, this obviously, since, you know, Legendary paid 75% of Godzilla versus Kong's production budget, this would represent a big profit for legendary it would cost Warner Brothers an awful lot but it would represent a good profit for legendary well apparently it looks like everything's a go it, it seems like these deals have been made now it's going to be interesting to see a couple of things number one it's going to be interesting to see what other little things legendary got out of this is all was all legendary was worried about was getting their money back and making some money maybe but i have a feeling to get this deal done and if i'm legendary and i feel like warner brothers my supposed partner just tried to stab me in the back i have a feeling legendary may want a little bit more out of it i think they may want a little bit more out of it than just the 250 million maybe this will also roll over and roll into what they want for dune because let's not forget godzilla vs kong isn't the only movie that legendary bankrolled the other movie that they obviously bankrolled was dune that they had high hopes for and again they financed it with the explicit understanding that it was going to go to theaters where they can really make some big money so that's something they're still so does it include the dune deal are they going to negotiate dune separately who knows but as of right now, we're getting Godzilla versus Kong in March. It's moved up a couple of months. I, You guys know what I think. I still think this whole move by Warner Brothers and HBO Max is a clear sign of complete and utter desperation on their part. Uh, it pissed off all their allies in the business. I think it's a bad move. I think they're limiting the income they can get. But on the good side, we're going to get to watch Godzilla versus Kong in March. So, hey, whatever. It's going to make me happy. And by the way, I should kind of point out That I am not super excited for Godzilla vs. Kong. At least not as excited for a movie called called Godzilla vs. Kong as I should be. And the reason I'm not as excited for Godzilla vs. Kong as I should be is the fact that I just didn't think Godzilla King of the Monsters was all that great. I was so excited for Godzilla King of the Monsters. Now, Robert Meyer Burnett loved it, and that's great. Uh, I thought it was kind of a poor film with some really good... um, you know, tentpole moments, some really good set pieces, some big monster action, but it was too little, too few. It didn't make up for how bad the rest of the movie was. But anyway, that was just my take. But I'm hoping Godzilla versus Kong can rectify that and make up for it. Question is, what do you guys think about that? Are you excited about Godzilla versus Kong moving up? Do you really not care all that much? Are you excited about it? Jump down into the comment section below and let me know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down. Let's move into main topic number two and our second main topic today gets submitted to us by Aaron Fitch who writes, Hey John, like you, I am a big Ben Affleck fan. I am a huge Ben Affleck fan uh, and have been since his earliest movies. I'm also a big DC guy, but I like Marvel stuff too. Just not as much anyway. Anyway, Wondering if you saw our beloved Batman that, and Ben Affleck will always be Batman to me. If you saw our beloved Batman talking about Kevin Feige and calling him the greatest producer that's ever lived, is that kind of a betrayal of loyal DC movie fans? I'm a bit torn. What do you think? All right. Thanks a lot for sending that in, man. And yeah, if you guys did not see it, uh, Ben Affleck was being interviewed. And the topic of Kevin Feige and Marvel came up. Now, of course, Ben Affleck is my all-time favorite on-screen Batman. I just thought he just understood parts of Batman that other great iterations of Batman just never quite got. And even though I'm very excited for Matt Reeves' Batman, what I really wanted to see was uh what I really wanted to see was Ben Affleck directing a Batman movie. But hey, if it can't be him, Matt Reeves is great. So I'm I'm very much looking forward to that. Anyway, Ben Affleck was just recently being interviewed and he had some really interesting things to say about the MCU, Kevin Feige and all that kind of stuff. This is what Ben Affleck had to say, said fucking Kevin Feige is absolutely, you have to say, the greatest producer, most successful producer who's ever lived. He's the only guy in the world who, if he told me, I know what the audience wants, this is what we're doing. I would believe him 100%. That effer knows his audience like no producer ever. He's a genius. Kevin is like a ringmaster at the circus. He knows exactly how much to wink at the audience, exactly when to pull at the heartstrings, exactly when to do the effects, how many jokes, what the sensibility, what the tone is, because people didn't know to run away from the pajamas or embrace it or make it serious. This is coming again from from DC's Batman. Now, I understand the question in asking is Ben Affleck, you know, one of the, even though he's not Batman anymore, although he's going to appear in the flash movie, but he's not really Batman anymore, but he is still kind of like one of the faces of the DCEU, at least for now, maybe not for much longer, but he's like one of the faces of the DCEU. As such, should DC movie fans Consider Ben Affleck's words like a betrayal of the DC fandom of the DC universe and of of those fans who support is Ben saying this a betrayal of DC. My answer to that is simply this. The only way you can consider Ben Affleck's words as a betrayal is if you are one of these blind corporate zombie slave fanboys who believes you have to owe allegiance to some multi-billion dollar company over another. The only way you should take Ben Affleck's words as any sort of offense is if you are one of these people who believe that you have to pick a side. You have to either love and give your loyal and allegiance to this corporate brand instead of this corporate brand. Um, And hopefully more and more fans are be- are realizing you don't have to be that it's okay to just love comic book movies or movies in general and you don't care whether a movie has this billion dollar corporate label on it or that billion dollar corporate label label on it you don't owe allegiance to any corporation as a fan all you want is good movies and if you make great good movies then great and listen let's not forget that you know superman himself henry cavill has talked about how much he loves Marvel movies. Kevin Feige has talked about how much he looks forward to watching all the DCU movies. It seems like the only people who don't get that everybody wants everybody to to succeed because the better the comic book movie genre is in general and the better that audiences respond to them in general is just good for everybody. It doesn't mean that every comic book movie that comes out will succeed. Absolutely not. It doesn't mean if one bad one comes, it means all the rest of them will fail. Absolutely not. But you know, There's just no denying what kept like is Kevin Feige the greatest producer of all time? No, probably not. But man, if he keeps rolling. If he keeps rolling, I mean, it's gonna be hard, hard to produce. If once someday Kevin Feige will break away from the MCU. Someday Kevin Feige will move away from the MCU. And when he does and he starts making award winning uh, money-making films that aren't comic book movies it's going to be hard to deny his greatness i mean the one criticism and uh, donaldo martinez sends in a super chat badge in the live chat the, thanks donaldo um once kevin right now the one thing you maybe could kind of uh level against kevin feige right now maybe is the fact that the only thing he has done is this mcu sandbox okay That's the one thing you maybe can say that the only thing he's ever done is this MCU sandbox. I mean, that's been significant at any rate, right? And okay, fine. But even in that one little sandbox, he has made the most box office dominant film franchise. I mean, it's basically his franchise has become the movie industry in many ways. And listen, he's already starting to branch out. He's already starting to branch out as a few people in the in the chat board here, like uh, Micah Willis and others. A few other people are pointing out that he's already beginning to branch out a little bit because he's making a Star Wars movie. Now, you can make an argument that making a Star Wars movie is still a little bit in that same sandbox. Okay, maybe that's a little bit. But listen, right now, Kevin Feige is making big hit films that audiences love, makes tons of money. He's even had his pictures, his movies being nominated for Academy Awards. But I'm telling you, once he leaves the MCU, and he will someday, maybe not this year, maybe not next year, maybe not in three years, but he will leave the MCU at some point and want to evolve. And once he start making other types of movies that get Academy Award nominations, there's just not going to be anything that we're going to be able to say to deny just how great Kevin Feige really is at this. And, and again, at the bottom, the bottom line is Ben Affleck coming out and just acknowledging what is clearly reality. Today, Kevin Feige is steamrolling the producing world like nobody else on the planet. That's just reality. For Ben Affleck to come out and just acknowledge reality, it tells me two things. Number one, he acknowledges the truth and reality. He doesn't live in some fantasy world. But number two, it reemphasizes to me that Ben Affleck is just a big geek nerd at heart, which is one of the reasons why he gets Batman so much. And one of the reasons I desperately want him to come back as Batman and direct a Batman movie. But I whatever, I'm just holding on to fantasies there, I suppose. But it just again, it emphasizes to me what true what a true fan and geek and nerd Ben Affleck is at his core. And that's always good to see, too. Anyway, guys, question is. What do you think about Ben Affleck's uh, Affleck's comments? Do you think he's right? Do you think he's wrong? Do you think it was inappropriate for him being kind of associated with DC to even make those sorts of comments? I don't, but I don't know. Maybe you disagree. Jump on down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's move into main topic number three. And our third main topic today gets submitted to us by Parker Sheldon. And Parker Sheldon writes, Hey, John. It has just been recently announced that Ethan Hawke has joined the Disney Plus series Moon Knight. Yep, this came out last uh, last week, just after our last John Campy show of the week last week. The Hollywood Reporter has said that Hawke is set to play the main villain in the series. However, it's unclear who he'll actually be playing. Ethan Hawke is an interesting choice, but I'm still excited for this nonetheless. What are your thoughts on this, Who do you think Hawk will play Thanks? All right. Thanks a lot for sending that in, man. And uh, yeah, Handsome Hawk. Handsome Hawk. Let me just see if I can bring this up here. Uh, I should have brought this up earlier, but I'll, I'll bring it up now. Handsome Hawk himself has joined Moon Knight. Now, this is fantastic because, number one, they've already went out and got themselves an absolutely tremendous uh, lead in oscar isaac right they went out and got a tremendous lead in oscar isaac which is great ethan hawk is if i'm not mistaken a not one not two not three but four time academy award nominated actor if i i don't think he's won one yet winning an oscar is very very hard but if i'm not mistaken you know what let me just let me go and check here all second because i got his imdb page around here let me bring this up okay so ethan Hawke has been nominated uh, for Boyhood. He was nominated uh, for for writing. Sorry, so he's been... Uh, nominated for Acting Academy Awards twice. I knew he had four Oscar nominations, but two of them were for writing. So adapted screenplay for both Before Midnight and Before Sunset, but he's been nominated for Training Day, of course, that he was in with Denzel Washington, and Denzel Washington won the Academy Award for that, but Ethan Hawke was also nominated for that, and of course, the nomination he got for Boyhood. The dude is an Oscar-caliber performer. He's an Oscar-caliber actor, and now... He's going to be in Moon Knight. Uh, this comes to us from the folks at Movie Web, who writes: Marvel's upcoming Moon Knight series on Disney Plus has found its antagonist in Ethan Hawke, as the Hollywood Reporter reports that the awarded the awarded winning awarded winning that the award winning actor has closed a deal to play the show's lead villain. The role marks the first time Hawke has appeared in a comic book adaptation, in addition to his debut in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He'll be starring opposite Oscar Isaac, who's been cast as Mark Spector the man who becomes the titular crime fighter. So there it is. And Robert Meyer Burnett somewhere is completely celebrating this news. And of course, why not? Because he loves Moon Knight. This is, here's one of the interesting things about this. And some people have kind of been bashing on this a little bit because it wasn't too terribly long ago. It wasn't too terribly long ago that Ethan Hawke made some comments, this was a few years ago, made some comments about comic book movies that a lot of comic book fans didn't really appreciate. I never thought he meant them in any sort of offensive way, but he clearly at some point uh, made it known that his personal opinion of comic books and maybe comic book material wasn't all that great. And that's fine. Everybody's allowed to have whatever opinion he wants. He wasn't taking shots at people directly for liking them or thing But a lot of people didn't quite like that. And now today, today now, we've got Handsome Hawk is going to be in a MCU show that a lot of people are excited about in Moon Knight. Uh, this, to me, is perfectly fine. What, what this tells me is that now, listen. I already see some people in our own chat board getting upset about that Ethan Hawke. Listen, everybody's allowed to have their own opinion of stuff. And Ethan Hawke has worked in this industry his whole life. And, you know, content says, yeah, he didn't really think much of him. But, I mean, what this move tells me, because he's getting tons of work. It's not like Ethan Hawke is hurting for work, right? He's getting a lot of offers to do a lot of things and he is doing a lot of things. What this tells me is that Ethan Hawke actually sat down and took a real look at the comic book material we've had coming out now. You know, he sees that a Logan movie is getting Academy Award nominations for best screenplays, and deservedly so. He's seeing comic book movies getting nominated for best picture at the Academy Awards. He's watching these movies and he's realizing, you know what? This isn't what it used to be back in the 90s or the 80s or whatever. This is a maturing, growing, developing genre that is getting better and better and more and more nuanced. And every once in a while, there's a crappy one. I'm looking at you, Bloodshot. Every once in a while, there's a crappy one. I'm looking at you, Birds of Prey, and the fabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Every once in a while, there's going to be crappy ones. I'm looking at you, New Mutants. But every once in a while, yes, there will be crappy ones. But overall... This is a genre that has grown and mature. And for an actor like Ethan Hawke, who at one point didn't like the idea of comic book movies or doing them, the very fact that we've got a guy like that now saying, you know what? I want to be in one. To me, that says a lot about number one, the maturation of the genre as a whole because we continue to see the comic book movies, the comic book movie genre continue to mature. But number two, it also speaks to me about the open-mindedness of a guy like Ethan Hawke who at one point was like, I don't like the idea of comic book movies. He's clearly had an open mind over the last few years watching them grow and develop and saying, you know what? Yeah, that is something I'd be a part of. When really he could be in anything else that he wanted to be in and he is. Now, what's he going to do? Who's he going to play? Will Moon Knight pull like a fantastic four where they need to get their main villain in, in the first movie. Will they play like Batman, uh, Christopher Nolan's Batman, where they don't feel like they have to go for the Joker first early, where they go with a main character. Will they not all that kind of stuff? I, I don't know. And honestly, I don't really care right now. What I do care about is that right now we've got Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke headlining this new Disney Plus MCU show, Moon Knight, which to me is very, very exciting. Speaking of exciting, uh, Matt Diedman sends in the super chat badge in the live chat. Thanks for that, Matt. I appreciate that, dude. Um, So yeah, listen, people changing their mind, people looking at things change and evolve, getting new information, new evidence, and then changing their mind is not being hypocritical. Like saying that I don't like um i don't know i'm trying to uh, trying to think of something i don't like seafood right i don't like seafood but then over a couple of years i get introduced to a couple of dishes i hadn't tried before that i actually think are pretty good and whatever and then then you know, a few years down the line, i say you know what i don't mind seafood is that being hypocritical no it just means at one point in time you felt one way but you've stayed open-minded as new information and new experiences come to you. It starts to evolve your point of view. And then you have a different point of view. There's nothing wrong with that. People don't understand what I, hypocrisy is a word that gets massively misused. Hypocrisy doesn't mean somebody changing their mind. Uh, that's not what it means, but, and I think this is great. I think this speaks well of the comic book genre. I think it speaks well of, uh, Ethan Hawke. I'm excited for this. I think this is going to be great. At least we know that uh, look, the show may be terrible. The show might be absolutely terrible, but at least we know we're going to get some good performances in it. So I'm excited for that. Anyway, question is for you guys, we've now got a moon Knight show coming. that's going to have Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke. What do you guys think about that? Maybe you're not, maybe you don't think Ethan Hawke's that good of a director of a actor. I don't know how, but Maybe that's the case. Maybe you're not excited about this. Maybe you are. Jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number four. And our fourth main topic today gets submitted to us by Jay Rams, who writes, Hey, John. The highly anticipated Spider-Man three has been filming for about two and a half months now over the weekend. We got our first look at the film uh, via set photos, which revealed that at least part of the movie will be set around Christmas time via a donut shop decorations. There was a wall which had posters uh, relating to the snap, but also had an image of Mysterio reading, I believe, and another one saying citizens to defend Spidey. What are your thoughts thanks all right thanks a lot for sending that in man and uh yeah we got our first kind of set photos of spider-man 3 and they're intriguing now normally these set photos okay there's a guy standing there yay but these spider-man ones actually give us a little bit of insight into things and by the way thanks to uh jacob uh or matthew jacob meyer for sending in a super chat badge in the live chat saying he's the number one fan thank you matthew i appreciate that dude um these pictures though have been a little bit different they've actually give us a little bit of insight into at least something about the movie one of the things clearly is that we're going to have uh, a Christmas at least a scene at least one scene around Christmas time we get a little shot of MJ who's working in some kind of donut shop there's Christmas decorations around all that kind of all that kind of good stuff all over the place and we do get a picture of these billboards now there's a couple of interesting things here i want to point out first of all you can see a couple of i believe right mysterio posters i believe so clearly there's the conspiracy theorists out there that believe mysterio was actually a hero and all that kind of stuff so that's there and represented so that's fine too On the bottom right, you can see in that red one citizens to defend Spidey. So there are people who believe Spider-Man and that's all great. But to me, the main point of interest here, at least for myself, the main point of interest for myself here is if you take a look, if you take a look at a bunch of these things around here, don't look at the ones that has Mysterio. Don't look at the ones that have Spider-Man. Look at a lot of the other ones. I think there's something very revealing about Spider-Man Three in here. Look how many missing children bu- bulletins there are up there. From uh, missing, we miss our babies. Reward up at the up, up above the headphones here. Look above these headphones. You see the headline still missing. Now these could be older references to the snap. Absolutely. Or it could be a little bit of insight into what's going on right now. <clears throat> that maybe one of the main kind of underlining themes narratively is that kids are going missing in the city. Young teens, little kids are going missing in the city. Now, again, You could make an argument that these are a result of the snap, but the thing is we are now a couple of years removed from the snap, right? We're now years removed. And if you've ever lived in a big city and you've seen these sorts of new billboards, new things go up every week, covering up all the old ones and the old ones get torn down. We are a couple of years removed. So I see somebody, some people in the live chat referencing WandaVision for the children. Yes, for the children. So I can't help but wonder, while clearly our attention gets immediately drawn, our eyes get drawn to, ooh, Citizens Defend Spidey, Picture of Mysterio, I'm thinking there's more insight here in the missing the missing flyers. I think there, there could be something to do, uh, there might be something to do in the overall theme of this movie with uh, kids going missing and all that kind of stuff. I think that could be a major player here. I'm not, I'm not totally sure, but anyway, let's go over and take a quick peek here at some of these pictures that have come out. This is from the website, uh, just Jared. who got it. Obviously there's the one of MJ we have in there. Uh, then of course you see some holiday stuff around MJ's in talking to Peter inside there's snow on the ground. Obviously you see the Merry Christmas decorations, blah, blah, blah. I mean, just basically it's, it's a lot of these standard, same kind of pictures. So now, of course, will come the debate. Is Spider-Man 3 a Christmas movie? It happens at Christmas time. But I've also seen some people online saying, if this whole movie takes place around Christmas time, and it should be pointed out, we don't know, uh, we don't know if this is going to be just one quick scene in a movie, and then maybe it fast forwards a few months and it's not Christmas time anymore. But if the whole movie kind of takes place around Christmas time, I'm seeing a lot of people online saying this movie has to be called Spider-Man home for the holidays. Cause when home for the holidays, if this whole movie takes place around Christmas time, would that not be perfect for that? Could be, could be, that could be perfect for it, but I, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Um, but anyway, the intrigue for this movie continues to grow. What direction are they going to go with this thing? How will they sort of, what's going to be the underlining theme? How do you go from Spider-Man saving the world? And do you have to have him save another global catastrophe? Or do you do what people like me and Robert have been saying for a while? you got to change gears a little bit. Don't have him constantly trying to save the world. Have him save the neighborhood. Make him the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man again. Bring us back down to that. That could be interesting. Maybe missing kids around you know, New York City. Maybe that's the exact sort of thing that this thing absolutely needs. Question is, guys, what do you think about these images and pictures? Do you think it gives us any insight? Do you think maybe those pictures of missing children is meant to be something from the snap? Do you think like I do that? Hey, it's a couple of years have passed. Maybe it's It can't be the same thing. Maybe it's about new rounds of missing children. Maybe not. I mean, that's up in the air. What do you guys think? Jump down into the comment section below and let me know your thoughts. All right, guys, with all those main topics out of the way, Let's now move over and start taking your live comments and questions. And how do you send in a live comment or question to be on the show? It's really rather simple. Go into the description of this video and you will see a tip link and you can just click on it or you can enter it in manually simply at www.streamelements.com slash movieblogtv slash tip. You'll be getting your comment or question on the, sh- on the show if it's reasonable, of course. And of course, you'll be supporting this channel at the same time. However, once again, I've been wanting to point this out, guys. we still get a lot of tip questions come in that are listed as anonymous because people forget to put in that top line see the top line there your name make sure you put in your name unless of course you want to remain anonymous it's just that if you guys are going to send in a tip to support the show and a fun question for us to talk about i want to make sure your name gets a shout out so please try to remember to fill that out unless you want to remain anonymous of course and uh, listen before we get to all these great questions i'm i haven't done this in a while but i'm gonna gonna plug still want to plug my little movie if you guys will indulge me uh if for those of you who haven't seen a bunch of you have but some of you may have not i'm gonna take it just a quick one and a half minute break here as i plug my movie again movie trailers a love story for those of you who may not have seen it yet this is the trailer how meta is this this is the trailer for my documentary about trailers anyway here it is check it out I am privileged to say a few words to you in this most modern and novel manner. The movie trailer is now well over a hundred years old, most famously with John Miljan in the trailer for Al Jolson as the Jazz Singer. Its role is to convince an audience to come back into the cinema. The trailer is everything to sell the movie. Sell the sizzle, not the steak. We're really feeding into the sizzle in that moment. It's the first look at a new film. We need to be a little more compelling. From frame one. A guitar riff, a line of dialogue, something that gets us amped. It's a trick to get people to just tune in for two to five, ten minutes. When the music is synced to the action that's happening on the screen, when things are cut to the beat. The cover of a song. This is a trailer moment. It's about what your reaction to the trailer is. Sonic. We're, ta- we're I'm talking about Sonic here. Ah! Trailer debuts on Apple became a huge deal. The internet changed the game for the movie trailer. Oh, this trailer just dropped? Let me see if I like that. Part of the magic is seeing it with other people. Huddled around her phone. It's Robert Downey Jr. He became Tony Stark. Couldn't stop talking about it. Suddenly, every studio wanted their trailer in front of 6,000 people in Hall H. It's an extension of the trailer experience. Good on you. You should probably do this for a career. The music drops and bam, the action hits and there's Tom Cruise jumping and leaping off buildings baby driver trailer for instance it's like you're watching a mini movie beyond the darkness beyond the human evolution the wrath of khan star trek is on the big screen that trailer for episode one it was a cultural event but you're just experiencing this piece of art they make you want to fall in love with the movie sit with us and feel like its own experience And of course, it's not coming soon. It is actually out now. You guys, of course, once again, you can go and check out my documentary, Movie Trailer's A Love Story. Again, it is on Vimeo. It is also on Amazon for those of you who live in the US and the UK. And thanks to all of you guys who have already gone to check it out. Okay, let's now get into your live questions, shall we? And we're going to get things started here with Sucks, (laughs) who writes... Do you think uh, we'll get a Spidey and Venom crossover film? And if so, will it be in the MCU or the Venomverse? Do you think that's a good idea or Sony should keep them apart? In my opinion, if Spider-Man 3 and Venom 2 are a good crossover, it will print easy money. Well, here's the thing. Spider-Man movies are making a billion dollars already, right? I mean, the reality is a Spider-Man movie doesn't have to have Venom in it for it to make money. It's already a billion dollar franchise. So there's that. Uh, whether we'll get spidey and venom ever crossing over listen we could see i don't know that they are i don't even think that they are but there's a possibility we could see venom in spider-man 3 there's a possibility however unlikely that we could see tom holland pop up in venom 2 i mean the reality is ever since we saw that um That poster of that mural of Spider-Man on the wall in the Morbius trailer and Michael Keaton shows up in the Morbius trailer, it really means anything could happen. Long term, it's all about what Sony decides to do with Spider-Man. Do they want to stay in this deal with Marvel long term? Do they want to take Spider-Man back once this deal lapses and just really focus on their own Spider-Verse? Personally, I hope they continue to move forward in a partnership with Marvel because Sony and Marvel working together has been giving us really good results. And Sony's doing great stuff. I really enjoyed Venom. Uh, I, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is one of the best comic book movies of the past number of years. So I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But the possibility is absolutely there, Doolittle. Okay, next up. Uh, the Wakandan Forever writes, too late, Luther. Too late, says Christopher Reeve in Spider-Man 2 in The Fortress of Solitude. I do like that scene. That's, that's like when Luther's trying to then weasel his way. I love that moment in that film, Wakandan. All right, next up. Uh, Dom's Vibranium Bicep writes, Hey, Giovanni Campia, how you been? Uh, you have the manners of a goat and you... Oh, now I can totally hear this in Sean Connery's voice. You're the manners of a goat and you smell of a dung heap. Anyway, that is, of course, a line... From one of my top 10 all-time favorite movies that everybody scratches their heads when I say is one of my top 10 favorite movies. But it is what I think is one of the greatest movies ever. Highlander, Sean Connery, Christopher Lambert, Clancy Brown. Boom. Love that movie. Love that line. All right. Next up. Uh, Ian Nguyen Du writes. I think the neighbor, uh, Agnes, has some sort of connection to Wanda. Uh, This, course, talking about WandaVision. Uh, We see in the trailers that she will eventually have some awareness of what's happening. Maybe she's in a part of Wanda's subconscious that is trying to help her. Well, listen, it's difficult for me. Of course, Agnes, I believe, is being played by Katherine Hahn. Love Katherine Hahn. Uh, She's great in this show, by the way. We see some really cool things with her that we haven't seen in the show yet in the commercials and trailers. Now, I want to be careful because I have seen episode three and most of you guys haven't yet. So I'm, I want to be very, very cautious about how I respond to that. All I'll say right now, Ian is watch episode three. I think there will be more clarity brought to what you're saying here. Once you see episode three. So that's all I'm going to say for now. But anyway, thanks for bringing that up, man. Right. Next up, Tristan Jones writes, Hey, John, I just watched the trailer for cherry and holy hell. I am actually excited for an Apple TV movie. Uh, L M A O. shout out to the Russo brothers. All love. Yeah. I, I watched the, We talked about the cherry trailer last week. I got to say, I it's, it's a really weird thing. It's really weird. I did not love the cherry trailer, but here's the weird part. I watched the trailer and I didn't love it. I didn't think it was bad. Don't get me wrong. I watched a trailer and I didn't love it, but you could tell, I could tell, this movie's going to be amazing. It's weird, right? Like, normally you feel that way about a trailer that you love. And if you didn't love a trailer, you think, ah, oh, maybe this movie will just be okay. It's weird. I didn't love the trailer for Cherry, and yet I could tell from the trailer. That the movie is going to be amazing it's a it's a really weird dichotomy there but yeah tom holland russo brothers i'm really hoping to see a russo brothers movie that they produce or direct that's outside of the mcu that i actually like so far it hasn't happened yet fingers crossed that it looks like cherry's going to be that movie anyway all right let's move on uh next up was that tristan yes it was uh jamie e writes one of two i forgot to put my name in the black uh, in the Black Widow delay with Disney Plus and the Marvel show before, no problem. Also wanted to know uh, what you best you show. Okay. Also wanted to know what you best you shows are at the moment, what your best shows to me are at the moment Uh, from the UK. PBS has just launched. uh, They're all creatures. Great and small with Rachel Shelton. Also new show called Serpent is getting great reviews in the UK. A bit of Fry and Laurie is from 1987 and found on YouTube. Yeah, that one. I had a few people writing in last week about Fry and Laurie. I haven't watched it, but that does sound fascinating. I'll be honest with you. I don't watch a lot of UK TV, barely any. Like I know, Killing Eve is BBC America, but I'm going to assume that's a BBC original. I love Killing Eve, and the one with uh, Jon Snow or not Jon Snow, Rob Stark. What's the wrong with Rob Stark again? Uh, what's where he's uh, uh, the 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 government agent? What's the government agent? Seriously, what's the name of that government agent show again that he's in? I can't, I cannot remember. What is the name of that again? Uh, if you got Bodyguard, thank you. Thank you for Omar and Craig and uh, Joke Inc. and all that kind of, all the rest of you guys. Yeah, Bodyguard. Bodyguard, I really liked. That one is really good. But honestly, and uh, everybody, everybody in the live chat knew it was Bodyguard except me. I couldn't remember Bodyguard, Hishmar and Andrew and Coco and everybody. Anyway, um, but honestly, I, I, I mean, listen, I actually don't watch all that much television i mean when i list off the shows i do watch it sounds like i watch a lot of television but that's really not a lot compared to what a lot of people watch i spend most of my time like trying to track down and watch new movies and things like that but i do watch a bunch of tv but i don't really watch a lot of the uk stuff not because i don't like the uk stuff i just don't get around to it it's funny people are still writing in bodyguard <laughs> people are still writing in bodyguard uh yes bodyguard that one's good but by the way guys if you haven't seen killing eve You got to watch Killing Eve. Killing Eve is awesome. And one of the stars of Killing Eve, who actually plays Eve, is the female lead in the upcoming Ryan Reynolds uh, video game movie. Uh, Nice guy or whatever the name of it is, where he's an avatar in a video game. And uh, she's the star of that. So you got to go back and watch uh killing eve first you got to go back and watch killing Eve first i think you'll be really happy that you do Uh, all right and Suthia sends in a live uh super chat into the live chat there thank you so much for that sending in that badge man i appreciate that um yeah so go check it out free guy that's the name of it free guy um what i call nice guy not the nice guys it's free guy go and check that out but go and check out killing eve first I, i think you'll be really really glad that you did all right next up colton gregory writes Imagine that Nick Fury actually died back sometime after the events of Captain Marvel and has discovered that he has been a Skrull ever since. Then old Steve Rogers answers a call to lead S.H.I.E.L.D. I mean, one of the fun things right now is everybody's trying to speculate about how is Captain America coming back? How is Chris Evans coming back after the way they kind of ended things for him in Endgame? What mechanism are they going to use? What's their motivation for bringing him back? What role will he play moving in there? And that theory Colton is as good as any. That theory is absolutely as good as any theory that we've had. So could be, could be, let's have to wait. Let's just wait and see. All right. Next up. Captain Jim writes, Hey John, best ensemble cast, uh, to look forward to has just been announced i can't name everyone but it's led by christian Bale. oh this is the new david o russell film and uh, made by david o russell it has no title just look it up and saying yes this is the one that also has uh anya taylor joy Hold on, a second, let me see if i can pull this up here um it's got uh, it's got a huge cast including anya taylor joy who's of course in uh queen's gambit right now let me just see if i can bring it up here it is okay so let's bring this up look at this cast that's in this okay anya taylor joy john david washington from tenet and ballers academy award nominated actress margot robbie academy award winning actor christian bale uh mandalorian's own timothy oliphant uh academy robert de niro zoe saldana Ra- academy award rumor Ra- rami malik michael shannon who I absolutely love the great Mike Myers coming back, which is good to see. We're starting to see Mike Myers name pop up in there. Yeah, it is so far right now. It is a untitled project. I will say though, that as huge and impressive as that is, let me just bring up this cast list. The most crazy cast list I have seen in a long time is another one uh, called Don't Look Up. Look at this list. Academy Award winner Christo, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Academy Award winner Jennifer Lawrence. The aforementioned Captain America Chris Evans. Academy Award nominee and the next Daniel Day Lim- Lewis Timothy Chalamet. Academy Award winner Kate Blanchett. Academy Award winner Meryl Streep. Academy Award nominee jo- uh, Jonah Hill. Ron Pearl. Then you get a bunch of these other really interesting names in here Tyler Perry, Matthew Perry, um, oh, uh, uh, Roman Mitchell. Listen, this, this. First of all, you have the single greatest actress of all time in Meryl Streep. Aside from Meryl Streep, you have the greatest actress today in the world, Kate Blanchett. You have. A multi-nominated Academy Award-winning actress in Jennifer Lawrence. Chris Evans is hot. Timothy Chalamet is going to have like eight Oscars on his mantle by the time he's done. You got Leonardo. This, I mean, the other one, the, don't get me wrong. The David O. Russell one looks great. The David O. Russell one looks absolutely fantastic. But uh, this one, this Don't Look Up one, to me, it, it looks like it is, it is the class of, uh, uh, it's the class one. It's the class. That's the one I'm looking forward to the most and the one I can absolutely not wait to see. Um, All right, guys, listen. Uh, It looks like we're having some buffering issues for the live stream. This is, of course, this is a problem we've been having for the last couple of weeks. Uh, We've been looking into it and trying to find a solution, both YouTube and my service provider, uh, Spectrum. And I have the Gigabit. uh, I have the Gigabit Spectrum thing which is infuriating like and so they have been trying to find out and figure out what the problem for this has been so what we are going to do is we are going to cut today's show short unfortunately but we're it looks like we have to we're going to cut today's show short and then what we will do is i will do a companion video a little bit later today and we'll get all caught up on all of the uh questions that have been sent in or waiting to be answered okay so we will do a companion video. Um, uh, probably a little bit later this afternoon. It's not going to be as late as tonight. I'll do it a little bit later this afternoon, and then we will, uh, we'll try to get all the questions answered that I can at that point. I, I apologize for this. Don't worry, guys, though. I am moving in 11 days. I am moving into a new studio, new house with brand-new top-notch internet <laughs> I got the highest internet you can possibly get in my area with the gigabit, but uh, spectrum sucks. What can we say? Uh, So anyway, guys, but there will be a companion video up a little bit later today. We'll get through all the questions that you guys have sent in. Anyway, guys, that will do it for me for now. Thanks for being here. Remember, guys, do the four main things. Stay smart, stay safe, take care of yourselves, and take care of the people around you. That'll do it for me, guys. Thanks a lot for being here. My name's John Campia, and until next time, my friends, bye-bye.